Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Friday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. Andy, the NBA trade deadline has come and gone and the Lakers, they didn't do anything. Uh, it's disappointing to some fans, but not necessarily surprising. We'll talk about the team going forward, whether or not the buyout market is a real option. And of course, look at some of the big deals that did happen on Thursday. All of that and more coming up on Locked on Lakers. You are Locked On Lakers, your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Locked On Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Fridays, and sometimes on Saturdays and Sundays, if it's important enough, we get one of these things up for you bright and early, no matter when you uh, want to listen to your podcasts, where you get them, all that stuff, it is available for you. We appreciate all the support for the show. Make sure you subscribe to Locked On Lakers on YouTube as well. Um, so we'll talk about Russell Westbrook, who didn't go anywhere. We'll talk about the, 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 uh, the buyout market. And what that might mean, we'll talk about James Harden for Ben Simmons. That's kind of crazy. Uh, and uh, but we're going to start Andy with nothing <laughs> because that's what the Lakers did. They did nothing. And I like know Seinfeld, Brian. They were a show about nothing. They really were. And it's funny because like for like what like the last. I don't know, two and a half months. <laughs> We've been reminding people that uh, it is going to be very difficult for the Lakers to make big moves at the trade deadline. Uh, their flexibility is almost zero. Their asset levels are almost zero and all that stuff. Um, We've been noting it for a long time and people understand that. But as it gets closer and as the actual day comes, even me, Andy, I, as somebody who who knows like how this is likely to turn out, Still was a little bit surprised that they didn't that that nothing happened, even though that would have been my default guess. If I was putting money on it, I would have put money on nothing. I mean, I was a little bit surprised, Brian, just in the sense that the Lakers are always a pretty aggressive team um, when they are in win now mode. And despite the <laughs> lack of winning happening right now, they are still um, in win now mode. And they also are a team that does not like uh, the optics of things going poorly. And that's what's happening right now. So that, if nothing else, A, made you think that they would be looking to do something. And for what it is worth, to be fair to the Lakers, um, it was not for a lack of trying. There were multiple reports, um, including one from Bill Oram, our friend over at The Athletic, that you know th they were aggressive leading up to this point. They were making a lot of calls. They were trying to figure out something, but there were a lot of teams around the league, according to Bill, that saw the Lakers operating accurately from a place of disadvantage and were perhaps trying to put the squeeze on the Lakers, and they ultimately decided that those asks were too much. And, you know, I will, I will give the Lakers credit as much as we've been critical of a lot leading up to this point, and I have a feeling we're going to be <laughs> continuing along that path. I'm going to give them credit, Brian, for not making a desperation, trying to save face, trying to salvage something that may not be salvageable, throwing good money after bad move that would have felt like, at best, a Band-Aid solution that, I don't know, guarantees you get the eight seed and the honor of getting swept out of the first round. 
because the yeah, Lakers I, have very few, very, very few trade assets, assets of any kind. Right. To, to, to your point, like when when I saw that the Celtics, for example, had traded uh, Josh Richardson to Houston, didn't they just trade everybody to Houston? <laughs> um, um, and you know when they did that. I was like, well, that's good news because it's one less dumb thing. No, they traded to San Antonio. San Antonio. Because that was the Derek White But they had attached they they attached a first round pick to it. Um, and that was part of the Derek White trade, which we we actually will get to. Um, but the you know, that was one of those deals where San Antonio's rebuilding. Derek White is a little bit older than you think, and you know, you know, they got a lot of dudes, they get a first round pick. It makes sense for a lot of people, but you know. Richardson was one of the names that was sort of attached to the Lakers as a potential upgrade in the back, whether Alec Burks or Richardson or Terrence Ross or whatever. And, you know, to, to, to use the T, THT chip um, on somebody like him would have been dumb because that's not going to make a lick of difference for the it's season. Straight up year malpractice. And, it would it not is. just be dumb. Yeah. And, and that would have burned one of their only assets going forward. And so, you know, I, I was pleased about that. It is sad for Lakers fans that the bar for this trade deadline for giving them some credit is didn't do something stupid, um, just patently dumb. Yeah, I, I think it's 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 a depressing statement on where this season has gone. It's not wrong. Um, and teams do dumb things out of desperation all the time, so that they didn't is obviously a good thing. It's just a really depressing. <laughs> note about where things are this year it's very much and and i don't mean this in a political way i just note that it's it's a very popular mean it's very much the nancy pelosi clapping meme yeah <laughs> that goes around where it's the most condescending clapping you've ever seen yes there is an element of that Going you know on part of it way? is that makes it so condescending. It's the fact that she's clapping with her fingers pointed so far out from her palms. Yes, it, it's it a is a very condescending way to clap. Yes, it is very much like it's the way you clap for a two year old when you want to make sure that the two year old understands that you are clapping. You have your hands out as wide as possible so they understand that there are hands out and then coming together in the form of a clap. Yeah. But again, the Lakers, it is worth noting are right now in a place of desperation for this season. And sometimes desperate times equals desperate measures. And you really, I did not want to see the Lakers do something desperately stupid. And I yeah. had had some concern that that might happen. Well, look, I mean, the, the, the fundamental problem here is, and we'll get, I think, into more of this uh, in the next segment, is, you know, wish casting improvements for the season doesn't change the reality of what the Lakers could offer other teams. It was still Talon Horton Tucker and the, the contract of Kendrick Nunn and not even the player of Kendrick Nunn, just the contract because Lord knows when he might actually play and a 2027 first round pick and, and Russell Lakers, Westbrook, Brian, right? <laughs> that too. <laughs> I'm just, you know, you don't want to forget about the big gun. That I, you know what? How about DeAndre Jordan and Kent Bazemore who are also available? Um, you know, and, and, you know, we'll talk, I think we'll talk about Westbrook specifically because he's in his own category. I meant assets people wanted. Um, it, you know, I, I laugh when I heard Bill's, you know, report the Lakers were trying, like really tried to get on the phone. And like, I picture Rob being like, uh, how about uh, Taylor Horton Tucker? No, Rob, I'm sorry. We're not. A, how about Talon Horton? 
Tucker. No, no, no. How about Taylor Horton Tucker? Like that's all he could do is just keep repackaging the same thing over and over and over again. And so <laughs> if teams weren't interested in that, um, you know, like he could put Kendrick Nunn first and then Taylor Horton Tucker on the list of <laughs> that's, things. You're have. That's where really THT uh, the same spelled backwards becomes right. really a problem. Like it's one even, less option. Yeah, you can't even fool him going THT. What about THT? Back? Damn it! Damn it! <laughs> same thing. Well, it's just you can't wish cast assets um, to this team. And that fundamentally is the problem. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the buyout market because that is the sort of remaining avenue for the Lakers going forward. And maybe a little bit of Russell Westbrook. We'll do all that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Bet Online. There might be less football being played, although the big game is coming up, and Bet Online has way more odds and info for the playoff season for scores, totals, playoff form, performances, props to where the next fired coach is going to land. Bet Online is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022, and it's not just football. BetOnline.net's mm -hmm. basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC odds coverage is the best in the business from sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet online is the number one online wagering destination. Bet online, the fastest, easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet online where the games start. You know, Andy, whenever you say that and you talk about the big game and all that, I always just want to say, but no, the Pro Bowl was last week. Mm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I would be more specific brian because i'm sure people are confused i just for legal reasons can't can't no i i, I hope people just google nfl Which big, big game, game is that <laughs> just again google nfl big game because I, I would love to tell you all this super game happening on sunday but i just i think we can do it now we just couldn't do it during the week <laughs> can we i don't know it's best not to yeah i don't want to get the network shut down yeah. like i i don't know like how are you know our buddy travis rogers the host of locked on rams i don't know how he's been talking about this i mean time. presumably he can say the words but i don't know i don't know i don't know i don't know it's a very litigious society we live in. Yes. And, this is um, and, and I don't have that kind of bankroll. But all right. So the Lakers, they don't do anything. And, you know, we talked about the why. Uh, we talked about the disappointment of it. Um, before we get into, I guess, where they are going forward, like, there is the buyout market. Uh, they are reportedly going to be uh, active, as active as they can be. I do think it's telling that they didn't, uh, or at least weren't able to, sell off a couple of you know their roster spots, DeAndre Jordan, Kent Bazemore, whoever it might be, in an effort to save a little bit of money. Uh, Lord knows they are interested in that kind of thing. Now, if they add anybody, they'll have to cut somebody, which will cost them some money. Um, I, I don't know if that's because they don't think there's going to be a lot of stuff out there and they don't want to give up a player until they know better. Um, but either way, they stood pat there and I am personally not confident for a couple different reasons that the buyout market's really going to yield anything for them anyway. No, I mean, first of all, traditionally buyout market guys don't make huge impacts on their team in the playoffs. I mean, one of one of the best recent examples of a buyout market guy being significant was actually Markeith Morris. Yeah. Um, during the championship year. And he was definitely useful during the playoffs and he allowed the Lakers a very specific and important flexibility in the postseason, and, and, and that really didn't matter, but, you know, respectfully to, to Keith, you know, there's a level that he's at as a player. 
And mm-hmm. if he is, you know, among the more impactful of like the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years in the buyout market, it lets you know sort of like what the baseline is. Yeah, mostly in they're inconsequential. And it should be noted. Likely. Keith was terrible until the bubble. Sure. I mean, terrible. I, that's it came fine. up when I mean, it mattered, but I'm just saying right, for a long I, I time, even that one looked like it was going to be really bad. Sure. I mean, I ultimately, I don't care. He was good when it, when it really sure. mattered. So he was a successful piece. You know, like Griffin. No, I'm, not dis- I'm not disputing Like that. Griffin last saying. year was very good for the Nets. Yeah. Didn't matter, but he was still good. Um, I, you know, so I, the other thing about this, and I know you pointed this out on Twitter at Cam Brothers. It, under normal, if the, the Lakers are a two or three or a four seed, they're eight games over 500. If they're behind Utah, behind Memphis, but if they're, but they look like they have a chance to do something when everybody just assumes LeBron will become playoff LeBron and AD can become bubble AD and all that stuff, you know, t- players would want to join that. They are uh, a full three and a half games behind Minnesota for the seven, and they are a game behind the Clippers for the eight. They are three games ahead of the Pelicans for the 10. Pelicans all of a sudden playing really well and got some dudes. And so the Pelicans, they're, they're closer to the 10 spot than they are the seven. Um, And so when you, when you kind of put these things in perspective, I don't know if they're going to be that appealing for a ring chasing veteran when the buyout market actually does open up, even with the understanding that I don't know, there's no sign, there's no, indication that they're going to be a lot of good players on it or, or meaningful consequential players um usually by now you have a pretty good feel for that and right now it doesn't look like there's gonna be anybody that good out there anyway if there are really good players out there or better than expected for the lakers to get them this player either needs to have wanted to play with lebron for like his entire career and sees this as the opportunity has grown up you know, as a kid to where they are now, always having wanted to have been a Laker and damn it, this might be the opportunity. They have to really love LA or they just love the idea of making history. Like I'm going to be part of a 10 seed, you know, in the new play-in tournament that Mm -hmm. upends a one seed and just keeps being the giant killer all the way through, despite no discernible evidence that that is even possible. Like, (laughs) yeah. Like they've shown, this is where, and you know, this is another way in which games like Wednesday are very damaging. Or the because, OKC losses, the Houston right, All this stuff that piles up where, yeah, you lose to Milwaukee, eh, fine, whatever. Um, but, you know, you, get, you lose to Portland mm-hmm. in a game that you need to have. People are looking at that going, uh-uh. Like, I understand it's L.A., it's the Lakers. People want to play for the Lakers. They want to play with LeBron. They want to do all kinds of stuff. But not like it's not 1983 anymore. <laughs> it's like you know, other teams have stuff to offer. Brian, Brooklyn, it's not even 2020 anymore. Forget 1983. It's not. Two by the way, years I ago. saw a friend of mine posted on Facebook, and this made me want to shoot myself. 1970 mm-hmm. is as close. And you were born in 72. I was born in 75. 1970 is as close to 1918. As it is 2022. Brian? Yeah. Go F yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Is that the most horrible thing you've ever heard in your entire life? I did not need to hear that. (laughs) 18. I didn't need to hear that. Like, seriously. That was back when car horns used to go. (laughs) Like, they didn't even beep. (laughs) 
Who invented beeping, by the way? They didn't even have television. No. This is one of the great inventions. I'm not even sure the talkies had been invented. No, I'm pretty sure they hadn't been. (laughs) Film had barely been invented. We were very much in the silent film era in 1918, Yeah, which is as close to uh, to 1970 as 2022 is. So uh, just a depressing, depressing statistic for people. Cannot stress it. Cannot stress this enough, Brian. Double middle fingers your way <laughs> for terrible. even for even just putting that in my head. I wrote her such an angry comment on Facebook for <laughs> as well. You should have. I was so mad. Um, anyway, so um, you know, the, just the Lakers don't have that kind of cachet anymore. You know, where they can just automatically uh, buy stuff out. You know, back in the car horn era. <laughs> Lakers uh, Foster, by the way, is also closer in age to 1918 than 2022. That's part of the problem. We don't. I, let's let's uh, briefly touch on on Russ here because I'm not surprised they didn't find a taker. I mean, as we discussed on on Wednesday show or Thursday show, the only real reason to do the John Wall deal and there aren't any others out there, is if you think that is the best you'll ever get for Westbrook. Um, clearly, they didn't believe that. They believe that there's the option will be there or perhaps something else will come up. They certainly could be correct. Do you think both looking just at Russ, but then more broadly at the rest of the roster, that there's some value here, that there's something that can come out of just having the deadline over? And knowing, look, Cavalry's not coming. They're not going to make another trade. They're not going to, like, is there some value in that? Yeah. I mean, there's some potential value. I'm not going to say there's value because I'm done predicting anything positive for this team. Just because they, they, I mean, I'm not even trying to be automatic doom and gloom. I'm just saying they have not given you enough reason for that. But do I think it is potentially possible that guys you know, like a Talon Horton Tucker could settle in more knowing that he is at minimum going to finish out the season here. Or if there is a certain resolve created from the idea of, okay, this is what it's going to be. If we are going to turn this thing around, it is up to us and no other exterior forces or outside players whatsoever. Yeah. I do think it is possible that could help. And it's the we they're the we believe Lakers. No, I'm not, I'm not even trying to be forced Pollyanna. I'm just saying I, think I know I understand, possible. but right, right. And and your answer before was was appropriate in terms of potential because the obvious downside is you get up, you know, you're just gonna be like, well, clearly the cavalry's not coming. We're obviously not good enough. What are we even doing here? So mm-hmm. you know, it could obviously it could go either way, but at least there is the sure. potential value, I would agree. Um I, I I think we're gonna have a long time to discuss whether or not Russell Westbrook is going to be on the team next year and how they might extricate themselves from this situation. We um, want to talk about what did happen, sure, on Thursday. Yeah, because there were a couple really interesting yes. trades. Yes. Um. So yeah, we'll do that next. You hear that sound, Brian? <laughs> 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 that is the sound of a sale happening at Shopify. That's all. That's really what the sound of a sale sounds like. Well, it is when you can't do the thing. That's what <laughs> Shopify. Provided. Oh, because I was going to say. I mean, it's it's perfectly lovely music, but it doesn't yeah. make me think sales. <laughs> it doesn't make me either. But this was something that is provided by our uh, our platform, and again, I cannot figure out the Shopify sound effect. But the okay, important 
sound thing then, is. Then, then let, yes, this is the sound of sales. Do yes, it is, Brian. It is the sound of Shopify, the all-in-one <laughs> commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify. <laughs> some good shopping music gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big businesses so upstart startups and establishes businesses alike can sell anywhere synchronized online <laughs> in-person sales and stay effortlessly informed shopify's allow customers to expand their reach <laughs> through social networks and an ever-going suite of channel integrations doorbell <laughs> including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. Gain insights as you grow your detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. Go to shopify.com slash NBA, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to Shopify.com slash LockedOnMBA right now. Shopify.com slash LockedOnMBA. That was the dog. Yeah, I'm just going to pause here for just a moment to make sure we allow the revenue to roll in. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> I'm going to make sure I'm not, I'm not getting in the way of that. Okay. Uh, Locked on Lakers also <laughs> brought to you... <laughs> Brought to you by Built Bar. Uh, it's that time of year where uh, I, like many people, have given up on their New Year's resolutions. Other people, because they can't follow through. I, because I have, I have satisfied them. I am in as good of physical condition as one can possibly be. Yes. Um, so because you know why, Andy? Because I eat right, and that's thanks to Built Bar. It, it almost really feels like I'm not even trying to eat well because I enjoy them so much. Have you tried Puffs, Andy? I have not. Tell me more. I will. If you haven't and you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs, Andy, are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. And they're covered in, like all the other Built Bars in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are fan favorites with some incredible flavors like yummy, cinnamony churro, as you, or as you called them last time. Cheerios, <laughs> <laughs> coconut like marshmallow, banana like cream it, pie. Yeah, you got you got cinnamon and churro and Cheerios confused. Honestly, though, I Cheerios. would eat churro. I would totally Cheerios. eat Cheerios. That Absolutely, great. It does sound delicious. Built Bar is covered in 100% real chocolate. That includes the puffs. So you go to built.com and you scroll down to the macros chart, and you'll be blown away at the high protein, the low calories, the high fiber, the low carbs, um, and you get all the flavors you want too. Go to built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15. Get 15% off your order. Use the promo code again, LOCK15, for 15% off at built.com. Okay, so we did, we did obviously noted that the Lakers didn't do anything, but there was a brief moment that flashed past on the internet where it looked like the Lakers might not just do something, they might do something so delightfully ridiculous um, that. Uh, it would have made my day, at the very least. I'm not sure it was a good idea or not, but it would have been hilarious. Uh, according to our friend Bill Orem at The Athletic, um, the Lakers also considered acquiring Dennis Schroeder, who ended up getting moved to the Rockets in a deal for Daniel Tice. He is presumably going to be uh, bought out and on the buyout market. But uh, wait a minute. I just did say that the buyout market might not yield good players. What if it yielded Dennis Schroeder? Yeah, there was apparent. Well, it may not, because according to Bill, Brian, uh, there was some pushback from some in the organization about bringing about a second go around on the Schroeder Express. I, I for one, am here for uh, the buyout market and their chaos. <laughs> <laughs> But I will say that the other issue that is problematic here is while 
in real life, bringing back Dennis Schroeder is just a bad idea, really, ultimately. The fact that Schroeder would be a pretty serious upgrade in talent is part of the problem. So, um, yeah, certainly. Anyway, all right. Anyway, uh, the the big news of the day, though, was Ben Simmons and stuff going to uh, Brooklyn and James Harden going to Philly after a long time of it looking like Harden wouldn't be, you know, or I'm sorry, Simmons wouldn't go anywhere at the deadline. It would take the summer and blah, 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 blah. And turning down this deal and that, and then all of a sudden Harden wanting out, and this thing ramped up pretty quick. This is a BFD when it comes to uh, major, you know, deadline deals. Yeah, and it is going to be fascinating, Brian, to see how this thing plays out. Um, right now, if Ben Simmons plays reasonably soon, and my God, the I think he'll time, play after the All Star break. The the timing of this, in and of itself, is going to be fascinating to watch, given all that's led up to this, given the you know the issues, you know, well reported mm-hmm. and you know openly acknowledged about the mental health uh, items that uh, Ben Simmons is dealing with right now, and the and the issues going on, you know, whether in his life with basketball both specifically with the Sixers, whatever. And, you know, there had been, for a lot of people, some skepticism about how much this was real versus how much was this an excuse to both get paid but also stay away from the Sixers, all all that stuff. And I I don't want to do a deep dive into it. All I'm just saying is just it's going to be fascinating to see how this gets handled. But assuming he plays reasonably soon and reasonably well, I think Brooklyn made out really really well in this because it's not just Simmons. They got Seth Curry. They -hmm. got two first. Seth Curry who's a huge replacement for Joe Harris. Who's not, may not play that for the rest of the year. Yes. And Andre Drummond who had been playing actually really well for Philly as Joel Joel Embiid's backup. Mm -hmm. I think Brooklyn has potentially at least because there is, you know, there's a lot that still needs to be seen with Ben Simmons but they theoretically have set themselves up very well right now and moving forward. Yeah, I, I, I actually, you know, the risk of being that guy, I actually like the way that both of these teams kind of extricated themselves from difficult situations. Um, I agree with you, Brooklyn did great. The minute you find out Harden doesn't want to be there and you have this thing out there, you know, Simmons could be a really nice fit with, um, with Durant. It's a little bit, could be a little clunky in some places with, um, with with Kyrie for the half of the games or whatever it is. But overall, like the idea that you could get picks, you make yourself younger, um, you improve your defense significantly, and you get some good players in Curry who can help you next year as well. Or you can trade them if, if, you, if you feel like Joe Harris is back, it's redundant, whatever. Very tradable contract. Um, and I think, you know, lost in a lot of this conversation this year is that Ben Simmons is a really good player. He's got flaws which is why we're in this situation to begin with but he's really good and you know brooklyn could be a place for him to really thrive um going forward so i think they did great uh, but i gotta be honest i like this for houston or for uh for houston i like this for, for <laughs> there's philly a Freudian too. slip right yeah, there. back back to the future i like i kind of like this for philly too like right or wrong daryl morey refused to trade simmons for anything less than star talent. And, you know, he didn't do it for Buddy Heald and De'Aaron Fox, and he wouldn't do it, and he held out to get what he thought was the right value for it. Um, And, you know, Harden 
whose hamstring I think is going to miraculously improve. Yes. And he's probably going to do that thing where like the instant he put on a Brooklyn uniform last year, remember when he got traded from yeah. Houston to Brooklyn and he like instantly lost 46 pounds. Like I, I have a feeling that's well, going to happen. To be fair, black is very slimming. You know, the, it is the, the Nets uniforms. <laughs> like and red, red is not flattering the like, Houston ones. But all of a sudden, it looked like he was like, "Where the what? What? What just happened here?" Oh, he dropped you know, like so seventy five pounds overnight. I feel like he's going to be rejuvenated <laughs> in in Philly, and that is a really impressive combination. And you know, potentially with Harden and and Embiid, mm. potentially. I'm not saying it's it's not seamless, it's not perfect, but it's got potential to be very good if they can figure that stuff out. You know, they they put themselves in a position to have another star player, keep their window open. Now, in four years, if they sign him to an extension, it could be terrible. Um, but for the next year or two, and Philly is you know right up there with the best teams in the Eastern Conference, basically because Embiid is awesome. You know, they keep Maxi, they keep Thibel. Yes, um, and that was big. They, they have a chance to be really good. Um, and so, you know, I I, I kind of like this in the short term. I like this for both teams. In the long term, I like it better for Brooklyn. Um, but I think both teams kind of got themselves out of bad situations quickly. And I think particularly for Brooklyn, it was important to get around that hardened thing fast. Yeah. Just, you know, get, you know, don't don't spend a lot of time, you know, pussyfooting around as they would have said in the old west uh, well so I I, I I i it's it's obviously really early and we have to see guys play and all that but at least kind of my gut reaction was huh good for everyone um okay i say this with the open caveats of i am not a big james harden guy um, no he's talented there's no question he's talented but there are elements of his game that i think don't translate particularly well, uh, especially the further you go in the playoffs. And as a teammate, he has proven himself to be god-awful um, mm -hmm. in terms of commitment to his team and also a willingness to deep-six teams that do everything they possibly can, move heaven and earth to try to make him happy. And he will just light that bridge on fire on his way out. Um, so, you know, with that being said, and also with it being said that obviously – they could win a championship. The NBA seems wide open this year. The East in particular, Philly has done very well, you know, with Embiid playing at an MVP level. At the very least, they weren't they needed to get if they were going to stick with oh. Miami with Milwaukee um at the top of the conference, they were going to need to get better. Absolutely. And and I've said many times either on Twitter or I believe during some shows this season that it would have been just a dereliction of duty if this trade deadline passed and Daryl Morey did nothing to give Embiid help, uh, help the way he's been playing this year, the way the season has been. All that being said, I don't think Harden and Embiid feel like a particularly good naturally fit in terms of the way they're going to play together offensively and defensively. I don't think it's a great fit. Harden is going to be massively expensive very soon. And mm -hmm. who knows what happens when he is inevitably unhappy about something in two to three years. And if you yeah. recall, Brian, yeah. but when this stuff was leading up to the eventual Brooklyn move, I said then I wouldn't have made that deal. No, absolutely. And um, I wouldn't do it no, now. You are 100. You're 100. value. I mean, he's a superstar, so they got value. But I, I don't love it for them. Quick oddity, though, Brian. Doc Rivers has now directly traded his son, Austin, 
and at minimum now indirectly traded his son-in-law, Steph, uh, Seth Curry. Like, is there anybody else in the league by blood or direct marriage that Doc can trade just to keep that's his business going? That's got to be a record. Yeah. <laughs> How weird is uh, that? Yeah. I mean, I, I just wrap it up. I, I think there's no question. Long term, it's a better deal for Brooklyn. Short term, I think both teams potentially get what they want. Potentially, potentially yes. Get what they want out of it. Potentially. Um, you know, hard, and it's, I, and I, I, I really wish we could have seen what the Brooklyn thing looked like. You know, you, you, I, I didn't know it offhand, but you know, seeing all the reporting today, you know how many games they played together, the big three? I think like 19 or 20. 16. Wow. 16. And you know what the record was? Probably very good. 13 and three. Yeah. I mean, it's just like we never saw it. We never saw it. Like, and in terms of, you know, it is one of two horribly failed experiments. The other one being the one that we talk about five days a week <laughs> on this show. Yeah. Um, that have just completely blown up. And it, it's a fascinating moment in the NBA. Um, we will uh, potentially, maybe we'll see what happens on Saturday, uh, whether or not we can record something for Sunday. But at the very least, we'll be back on Monday. Um, hope everybody enjoys their weekend. Get ready for Valentine's Day. Do nice something nice for someone special to you. And uh, if there is your mother. Uh, and at the very least, uh, yeah, and do, do something like that. And we'll see everybody Monday.